Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Foreman into your home. Just say, Alexa, listen to News Radio WFLA on iHeartRadio. Now back to the Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. Ryan Gorman here with Dana McKay and James Berlander. And back with us for the first time in this new year, we have Tampa Bay Business Journal real estate editor Ashley Kreitzer. You can find all of her reporting at bizjournals.com. Just go to the Tampa Bay section and you can follow her on social media at Ashley Kreitzer. Ashley, it's great to talk to you again. And I want to start with something that just happened and i thought it was notable some pretty poor attendance at the ReliaQuest bowl used to be known as the outback bowl in fact the attendance at that bowl game was pretty similar to what we saw at the gasparilla bowl uh what's going on there and how big of a concern is it for local officials I think it is an interesting dynamic to take a look at, Ryan, because the crowd was around 31,000, and that's half of what the bowl game, what back when it was the Outback Bowl, saw in the early 2000s when it was at its peak. They used to draw crowds of over 60,000 people almost selling out Raymond James. So it's interesting, and, I mean, that was the lowest attendance ever, except other than COVID years. So there's a couple things going on. There were the NFL eligible players no longer go to non-playoff bowl games. So I think that's yeah. one of the factors driving the dip in attendance. But there were other big bowl games um, in Florida, and I think that also contributed to it. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl in Orlando and then the TaxPlayer.com Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. Yeah, you just you don't want the situation of poor attendance at games to be like Tampa Bay's thing i mean right <laughs> the bucks pull really good crowds and the rays they don't and that's become a national story and now you have this but but in all fairness to the reliant quest bowl uh what you said i think that's a big part of it these bowl games have a real problem on their hands between players who are thinking about going to the nfl who are sitting out these bowl games players entering the transfer portal to go to other universities to play uh their next season it's a mess, and we saw this, I think, in its starkest form with the um, team that FSU put on the field for their matchup against Georgia where, um, you know, they had dozens and dozens of players who weren't available for that game, and it turned out to be a blowout, Georgia beating them. Uh, I think it was like 63-3. to three. It was an embarrassing showing, and even the coach of Georgia saying, you know, something's got to change here, and I think that is impacting um, – even the ReliaQuest Bowl, for example. Well, and I don't think attendance at the ReliaQuest Bowl will necessarily ever be a Tampa story the way the Rays' attendance yeah. is a sort of a black mark on Tampa, right? Because usually before this trend with the NFL-eligible players, what we saw was how well do the teams travel, right? I grew up near Penn State University. Those fans travel, whether it was the Outback Bowl or the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, we're kind of taking that even out of the conversation when you look at the on-field dynamic. I thought it was a mistake for the Gasparilla Bowl. I know they wanted out-of-towners to come in, um, and that's why they picked the teams they did. I thought it was a mistake for them not to pick USF to go up against UCF. I just thought that would have uh, 
brought an even larger amount of uh, people to the game itself, and it would have been fun for the region, uh, but they chose not to do that. All right, another story that I want to get to, the end of 2023, you had several major warehouse deals take place across Tampa Bay. Talking lots of dollars here. What happened there? So I think what's really significant about this onslaught of industrial deals we saw at the end of the year is that there was a slowdown in the industrial real estate market. I think when you and I first started doing these segments, it was like every week there's a million square foot mm-hmm. warehouse lease. And that was peak COVID era when everyone thought they were going to need a million square feet of e-commerce space. And that has just naturally slowed, right? We saw that initial boom. It's important to note it did not slow in the Tampa Bay region to the extent that it has in other parts of the country. But at the end of 2023, we really saw another bump. We saw a big sale right here in Tampa at a warehouse near the airport. We saw the year's biggest lease get done in Lakeland. And, you know, it's it's just really good because this is also taking vacant space off the market with that big lease. And it just shows that our industrial market really is enduring, even as others slow around the country. And the industrial market, these warehouse deals and things like that, uh, it's something that that for some reason, you enjoy every time we talk about this. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you just you just love this stuff. But uh, I have noted in the past, and I'll note it again, 28th Street by where I live, that's zoned industrial. Uh, you know, most of it, and and there were some new warehouses that popped up there. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that area, that's a very densely populated area, and yeah. that gets um, industrial users, tenants closer to consumers and that's what they all want i mean amazon has created this arms race where everyone wants to be so close to the consumer i mean i ordered dog probiotics the other day they were at my door in two hours it's amazing i find that incredibly helpful (laughs) right i mean that's why i love this stuff ryan i mean this is what's really driving our economy yeah i mean it's it's warehouses. It's everything in the warehouses that you need. And I think you're like me. You don't really like going in stores. No. So you think about it that way. That's that's a great <laughs> point. Uh, Tampa Bay Business Journal real estate editor Ashley Kreitzer with us. Last thing I want to get to, these penthouse deals in St. Pete, millions of dollars. Uh, and these penthouses, they sold. There's a market for them. Oh, these were some spectacular sales figures we saw the last week of the year. Four penthouses and the Tower Saltaire sold for over $7 million a piece. Now, we knew these were coming. The way a new construction condo tower works is you reserve your condo, you put down your deposit, then you go hard on that deposit where it's non-refundable, but you can't close on it until the building's complete. So the building's complete. Those four penthouse owners closed last week of the year and set some really impressive comps for the downtown St. Pete market. I mean, between that and uh, some of these other towers that have gone in and how much those places cost and some of these, you know, apartment complexes in certain areas of Tampa Bay and what those places cost. I mean, what, what are these people doing? How are they getting paid so much money? How are they making so much money? Yeah. I always wonder the same thing. And what are we doing? <laughs> I yeah. think it's, you just, you just got to remember two, you just remember two words, generational wealth. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I missed yeah, out I don't on have that. any of that. <laughs> uh, no, can't relate. Yeah. Tampa Bay business. <laughs> Journal real estate editor Ashley Kreitzer. Again, find all of her reporting at bizjournals.com. Just go to the Tampa Bay section and follow her on social media for the latest two at Ashley Kreitzer. Ashley, great to talk to you again in this new year. Thanks so much. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks. I'll see you soon. To the minute. This is the Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. Ryan Gorman here with Dana McKay and James Burlander this weekend at Amelie Arena. 
the greatest show on earth is going to be back. It's the all-new reimagined greatest show on earth. The legendary Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey back in town. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Again, Ticketmaster.com. You can also get them in person at Amelie Arena this weekend. And with us in studio, we have one of the performers. Trevor Bodo is with us. He's a trial bike rider and we're really excited to have you in here. First of all, can you give us an overview? This is the reimagined greatest show on earth. What exactly does that mean? Well, you're getting a throwback to old Ringling, but in a new way with new technology, new format of the show, new energy brought back into the show, really updated for today's environment, today's audience, quick things happening, a lot of new acts. It's a riot. It's uh, great for children of all ages. I noticed you said uh, quick things happening because we have the attention span of, uh, you know, like a squirrel, a, a squirrel at this <laughs> point. Uh, you know, I mean, we can't uh, TikTok videos or what, like need 10 seconds and we're done. Three seconds. Uh, three. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so the show moves, uh, which should be um, should be great for everybody who goes. You know, you're seeing something new uh, every so often. And then when you take the stage and perform, tell us about what you do. Ooh, yeah. We, well, I'm part of the Extreme Wheels Act. The uh, We call it the ultimate playground. Essentially, we turn the entire Emily Arena into a giant stunt arena, which is incredibly exciting. We've got all these modular boxes uh, that are just like a toy box, like someone just jumbled out a bunch of toys on stage for us, and we go rip it up. Uh, my sp- specialty is trial bike, which is parkour on a bike, basically. So going from obstacle to obstacle. I even have a trampoline thrown in there. I've got a huge eight-foot drop. There's all sorts of things that are trying to attack me, but I conquer them on the bike. And how did you get into doing this? Uh, when you were a kid, you were like, I want to be a trial bike rider when I grow up? Or how did you get into doing it? No, mom left her picking table outside for me, and I was like, I want to hop my bike over that darn thing. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. that sounds right. That's uh, that's what uh, kids do. It's uh, they look at the picnic table and they've got a bike and they say, "Well, that just makes sense to me. I have to find a way to get over that." Yes, yeah. we're explorers, we're adventurers, right. and that's what the show kind of does. It brings out that inner child to you know want to explore something new. Maybe and there's something for everybody to look at and be inspired by. So when you're putting together what you're going to do as part of, uh, again, you know, the greatest uh, show on earth. So no pressure there. No, not, <laughs> not to perform. Uh, but I'm sure you're trying to come up with, you know, the next thing that's going to, you know, wow the audience. So uh, tell us about that progression as you've, you know, tried more and more things to where you are today with what everyone's going to see at Emily Arena. Oh, yeah. Well, it's started with the picnic table from the picnic table. We've come a long way, (laughs) about 20 years of exploring and experimenting with my own ability to perform. And I built my own stunt show back home. So I travel around with a trailer and just sort of roll out my toys at festivals and events. And those are the type of things that I would bring to a show like this or other uh, performances. And you just sort of try and find things to keep pushing your talent. Uh, you know, exploring what's possible with you and your tool. My, for me, it's the bike. Yeah. And other people, it's using their hands or a tightrope wire. Right. So. Uh, you decided like a trampoline should be part of it. How did that work? Well, they're kind of like, Trev, we want you to try this trampoline thing. <laughs> and, uh, on a bike, on a trampoline. <laughs> yeah. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't. I kept some of the parts that were more manageable which is good, but we've got some of the BMX riders hitting some stuff that they have never done before really? on a trampoline, which is incredible. When you are approached with an idea like that, do you get nervous trying it for the first time? 
Not anymore. No. I, as soon as you've got your helmet on, you've got your gloves, you've got your experience from the past. Helmet? I need bubble wrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that would have helped in the beginning for sure. I've got quite a nice thing on my shin from a little incident uh, training a little bit ago. But uh, How many bones have you broken over the years? Actually, none. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's hard, hard to believe. Incredible. If you progress, some people are progressors. Uh-huh. Other people are jumpers. Okay. I'm a progressor. So I'll get to one level and then I'll go to the next and then build my confidence, build my skill. Other people are like, I want to get there. Dive right into the deep end. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um, when you perform, like you're going to again at Amelie Arena this weekend, Ticketmaster.com is where everyone can go to get tickets to see Trevor. When you're in the middle of doing you know, what you do. Is there a certain amount of focus that you have to have? Because, you know, one wrong move and... You are breaking a bone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you got to be dialed right in. And mm-hmm. that's sort of what everyone's process is before the show. You get warmed up, get focused, listen to the audience, and give it your best. Aside from what you do, what's your favorite part of the show? I think the entrance, because everyone's been waiting so long for great entertainment to come back. And we come out in a huge rush. We bring that energy. And uh, Circus is on. Uh, it's going to be a great event again uh, for the whole family this weekend. Amelie Arena, the legendary Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey, all new reimagined greatest show on earth. Trevor Bodo is going to be there. He's a trial bike rider, one of the performers at this weekend's event. Uh, best of luck, although it doesn't sound like you need it. Again, you're a progressor. So you, thank you. you. Yeah, check it out. Ringling.com. A lot of details on there. All right, perfect. That's where everyone can find out more about what to expect from the show. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get your tickets. And uh, Trevor, thanks so much for coming in. Really appreciate it. Pleasure, pleasure. See you all at the show. The Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ryan Gorman Show. And find us online at RyanGormanShow.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.